1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find us on Facebook where we post all of our podcasts every day. And you can always hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775. We're going to get to a couple of the, the questions there today. I, I was going back through, and, and unfortunately, some of them I miss. Some of them, it's not that I miss them, but I think that I want to save them. And so there are some questions that are that are a week or two old that I want to get to today. There There are some pressing questions that I want to get to as well, so... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go back through the archives uh, and and catch up a little bit. But also, you know there there are pressing questions that that we need to answer as well. And the first question that we have to start with is not actually a question that I received, but is about the injury report. The Packers traveled to Los Angeles a day early, and that was part of the schedule. Mike McCarthy said in the middle of the week that th- their plan, because they have a lot of miles to travel is to get to, to LA early so that they can get acclimatized to the time zone changes and all of the things that that can throw off sleeping patterns and all that kind of stuff. It's a very forward thinking premise and I appreciate that as a as an idea who knows if it's actually going to help or hurt. But they had a walk-through Friday, which is today. They're still going to have some sort of on-field work tomorrow. They're going to have their meeting the night before the game the same way they would normally. But they wanted that extra day to get their bodies in the right state. And that means the Friday practice actually happened. So normally when we talk about the injury report, it's an estimation based on no actual practice. Well, the Packers moved everything a little bit. And now, uh, the Thursday days were the approximations. Friday, uh, we actually got players on the field. And Jair Alexander, full participant, off the injury report. Geronimo Allison and Brashad Breland, they were limited on Friday, but they're off the injury report. Um, Brian Bulago, full participant, off the injury report. Randall Cobb was a full participant. He's listed as questionable, though Cobb. Um, early in the week, Mike McCarthy said that he expected him to play. The fact that he was a full participant and now questionable basically just means they're going to test him tomorrow pregame as long as there was no setbacks from him working today. He should be good to go. Jimmy Graham and Nick Perry, both full participants off the injury report. Aaron Rodgers, full participation off the injury report. And that that is pretty significant because he'd been listed as questionable the last few weeks. So at the very least, there's some level of progress. He's still been wearing the brace. He wanted to get that brace off. The hope would be no setbacks this week with with the knee. And when you have good interior pass rushers, that's going to be more difficult because you're going to have more guys in front of you at your feet than if they're coming off the edge. But this should be Rodgers at his most healthy. This should be this offense at their best because they're going to be healthy. These receivers are coming back. Marquez Valdez-Scantling has been able to make an impact while Cobb and Allison were out. Jimmy Graham became more of a focal point of the offense. I expect that to continue. And although Equinemius St. Brown is listed as, as questionable, he was limited this week, he could still get in in some five receiver packages. I wonder, and we've seen this before, the Packers come out after the bye week with Aaron Rodgers. They have some issues. And when they have issues the thing that they do often is go to a more no-huddle look. That doesn't mean not play balanced, but they go to a more no-huddle look. And and one of the reasons why, someone asked me this on Twitter, why the Packers were not getting more offsides calls and they weren't getting more free plays. Well, one of the ways you're able to do that is you create confusion on defense and they play just out of instinct. And so when you're speeding the tempo up, that allows the Packers to catch guys substituting, so you get those 12 men on the field penalties. Guys are are running around. They're trying to get set as Green Bay is lining up to call a play, and they're not thinking, oh, by the way, he could be going hard count. They're just thinking, okay, fast, fast, fast. They fly off the edge offside, and Rodgers has a free play. The Packers offense has not been able to get to that because they, they've been having some issues playing on third and long, and and playing out of some personnel groupings that are not as advantageous to doing that. Plus, Rodgers has been hurt. So you limit the strain on his body by not playing fast because he can't run up and down the field the way he normally does. So I think with his knee back closer to 100%, we may see more up-tempo, we may see more no-huddle, to try and keep this Rams defense off balance and to tire out this pass rush because Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue are not going to stop coming and you're not going to be able to double team both of them. And so you, you have to tire them out. You have to make them work. I think you're going to have to make them play in the run game, batter them with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, confuse this defense with formation. And I I, I am optimistic about the plan going into this game for the Packers. If for no other reason, than they're healthy. Getting Jair Alexander back for Brandon Cooks and that speed is enormous. Getting Bashad Breeland back, f- and, and back is, rel- is, is the wrong word for it because he is not back back. He's back on the field as an NFL player, but not as a Packer. He'd never been on the field as a Packer. But getting him with the opportunity to get on the field I think, is a potential plus for Green Bay. Jimmy Graham is getting closer to health. Nick Perry, who has been hurt all season, hopefully he is, is going to be back and impactful. He's going to have to be because these offensive tackles are really good. And so this is it. This is the game. This is the game. This is the opportunity you wanted. This is the opportunity to make a statement. The opportunity to say, don't forget about us in the NFC. We're still really good. And I think it's a statement Green Bay can make. Green Bay can absolutely go in and beat the Rams. Will they? Obviously, that's an open question. There's a reason they're 9.5-point underdogs. And I wrote about this for Acme Packing Company today. Last three games where the Packers were the la- well, the three biggest underdogs the Packers have been with Aaron Rodgers before this game. 2010 is the biggest regular season ever against the Jets. They won that game. 2014 in Seattle, they were 8-point underdogs. They should have won that game. They lost in overtime overtime after a cavalcade of disasters, but they should have won that game. They covered the spread. And Arizona, they were seven-point underdogs. They lose in overtime, and that was with Jeff Janis and Jared Abraderas as the receivers of record in that game. So a healthy Packers team with their weapons, with their offensive line. Justin is not even on this list, by the way. So he's going to be healthy for this game. Defensively, you've got your guys coming back. So this is, the, this is the best, theoretically, your team could look to this point in the season. And, and they will need that. They will need to play better to win this game. But that doesn't mean they're not capable of doing it. This injury report is the best news they could have gotten. And it gives them the best chance that they could have asked for to go win this game on Sunday. Especially with Cooper Cup out. So the Rams are down one of their key contributors Aqib Tlaib for the the Rams is on IR, so one of their starting corners is already out in this game. Sam Shields has not been great for the Rams. Still doesn't tackle anyone. uh, Has misplayed the ball in certain situations. He can still run, but he's not the 4-3 guy he used to be, so that could be a place where Green Bay could take advantage in this game. There is a good opportunity here, and history says the the Rams are not going to win by 9.5. It's going to be a close game. And Green Bay is going to have a chance to win.
2: David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, celebrating with you a twenty-one grain salute to a less boring sandwich, thanks to Dave's killer
1: All right, let's get to some of your questions. I don't normally uh, respond to questions with no name just because I, I ask very little of you when it comes to these things. And I want to give credit to people that that did the assignment, that followed directions. As the, as the son of a teacher, I think that, that that is apropos. But I wanted to address this particular question. It's not really a question, it's a comment. After listening to the pod today, It's clear you're not grasping why Packer fans are upset with the lack of personnel moves. We want and deserve superstars. How many superstars can you name on our team? How many guys on our team are even universally known around the league? We want some big-name and high-impact guys to put us over the top. I understand this mentality, and I think part of the issue is the Packers have two ultra-elite players at positions that are just not talked about doesn't mean they're not important they're just not talked about Kenny Clark right now is the best nose tackle in football right now he is David Bakhtiari right now is the best left tackle in football he is and those are not positions that are as sexy as edge rusher or receiver or running back or cornerback but the fact of the matter is those guys are the elite of the elite Aaron Rodgers, we know, is the elite of the elite. Devonte Adams is a star receiver. I, I mentioned this watching last night, watching the Texans game. I said, "Is the Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt foursome the best one through four group in the league?" And there were some, there were some people that that offered the Rams, Goff, Gurley, Donald, Sue. I pushed back and I said, "If you're going to do it that way, Goff, Gurley, Donald." Whitworth is actually what I think it should be, but again, offensive linemen don't get talked about. The Chiefs, I think, are in the mix with Kelsey and Mahomes and Hill and Hunt. The Vikings are probably in that mix with Thielen, Griffin, Smith, and Rhodes. But here's the thing. Look at those player for player. Aaron Rodgers is the best of any of those players. David Bakhtiari because he's the best left tackle in football, I would take him over Kareem Hunt. I can find a replacement-level running back. I would take him over Andrew Whitworth, clearly. I would probably take him over Dominican Sioux. Devontae Adams, I'd take him over Adam Thielen. I'd take him over Tyreek Hill, because I think you have to do too much to get him the ball in specific situations rather than just say, we're just going to run our offense. So in terms of superstar players, Green Bay has... Elite players. Mike Daniels, if he's not a blue chip player, he's a red chip player. Brian Bulaga is a red chip player. I think you could make the case Aaron Jones is a red chip player. There are really good players on this team. Trading for a superstar just to say you have a superstar is how a team like the Raiders and the Cowboys and bad teams operate. It is not a winning strategy. You should want good players. Superstars... I mean, Des Bryant is a superstar, but he's not a talent anymore. He's not a great player anymore. Worry about having good players. And, And let's just look at this in context with the Rams. Goff, Gurley, Donald, Sue. Let's just say that. Who are the star players on the Rams beyond that? Because Andrew Whitworth is not a star as good as he is not a star. Is it Marcus Peters? The guy the Chiefs couldn't wait to trade because he was such a, a headache in that locker room? That's the superstar you want? Okay, maybe. Let's go Let's go a little bit beyond that. Who are they? Robert Woods? Not a star. Really good player. Not a star. Brandon Cooks? Not a star. Traded by two teams in back-to-back seasons. The Saints and the Patriots said, nah, we're better. We're better with the pick. Cooper Cup? I mean, that's what we're doing? I mean, come on. So this idea that you need superstar, I mean, the Patriots, how many Super Bowls have the Patriots won with just Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? I mean, who, right now, who's the third best player on the Patriots? Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and who's that third guy? I mean, this is ridiculous. It's just being mad to be mad. It's being indignant to be indignant. You want to be mad, That's fine, but understand that that's a choice that you're making that is not based in reality. So you do you, but you're just being mad to be mad. I had this argument with a a Twitter friend uh, the other day. He was mad about Khalil Mack and nothing else was going to make him feel satisfied because the Khalil Mack trade didn't happen. It's like, it's too late. It's too late. That doesn't mean anything after that doesn't count or anything before that doesn't count. All right, let's move on. Next question here. Hello, Peter. What's happening? How's it going, Peter? Chad from New Mexico here. Any word on Jake Kummerow? This is the first week in which he can practice since being put on IR. Would like to see if he can possibly impact the team. Trevor Davis and Jake Kummerow are not coming off the IR anytime soon. They can, but they're not gonna. And Mike McCarthy said, we like those guys, but the rookies have played well. And although they would like some more at part return, I, I just don't see how Trevor Davis is going to get back on this team. And and look, I like Jake Kumaro too. But now he has played no regular season snaps, and guys like EQ and Jake Kumaro have. And when you have Adams, Allison, and Cobb, and then those two guys who are just objectively more physically gifted than Kumaro, Kumaro is the kind of guy that you just aren't going to activate until you have to. If there's another injury, then then you say, okay, you're going to start practicing and and you're going to get on the field. The Packers don't have to take them off IR. And until they have an opportunity or a need to, they're just not going to. And I don't think that's a problem because MVS is giving them really good snaps and EQ is giving them really good snaps. And especially when Allison and Cobb are healthy like they are now, there's just no need Because you want these other guys, these guys you drafted, to come in and find roles. To give them regular season snaps with Aaron Rodgers is more valuable than whatever relative difference there is in what Kumaro could give your offense versus what they could. They don't have a problem with the receiving group right now. They really don't. So he's a great story and it would be great to get him on the field, but they just don't need him. And I, I know by this time last year we already had to have discussions about the draft because a lot of Packer fans already had their eye toward the offseason and we haven't had any discussions about it. And I got this question um two weeks ago about, and I, I think it's worth circling back just to just for some content uh about the draft when I think we've we've pretty much exhausted what we're gonna talk about this week for Packers Rams.
0: Hey, Peter, what's happening? Uh, this is Dakota from currently Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, so I was just calling in the wake, I mean, I heard about it yesterday, but I was calling in the wake of the Nick Bosa, uh, news. Yeah, that's him. Uh, he got a core, uh, um, a core injury that required surgery and he's only focusing on, uh, rehabilitating and training for the NFL draft because of course he is in college at the moment but you know he's a defensive end (laughs) was actually doing very well I was just wondering uh you think I'm stuck on his name or did he actually produce well enough that uh, we might be able to get him with one of our later first round picks you know because now we got two of them just uh wanted to hear your thoughts are we going to focus on an outside pass rusher or do you think we're going to focus on an inside pass rusher not that I'm looking towards the draft or anything, but you know, I saw that news and just something that Pete my interest. Uh interested in hearing your opinion. All right, Peter. You have a nice one.
1: Bye. So I think there's just no question the Packers are going to be looking at edge rusher. But I was I was saying this the other day. Mike Patton clearly last offseason and Brian Gudekinst decided corner is the more important position in his defense and they needed talent there they needed guys they could trust there so they went out they signed Tremont Williams they draft Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson they end up signing Bashad Breeland because of injuries house goes on the IR and they have a really solid talented cornerback room with upside now that was the plan now, that doesn't mean they should have done nothing to address this pass rush. They may still do something to address this pass rush. There are potentially guys out there that could be had for reasonable prices, Dante Fowler, Bruce Irvin, and Jerry Hughes, but it will certainly be a focus in the offseason with Clay Matthews not likely to be brought back. Nick Bosa is not going to fall to wherever the Packers pick. They basically already won too many games to be there because... Nick Bosa is going to be a top five pick, even with this injury. And luckily for Green Bay, last year, that was a a group of prospects deep at cornerback and not so deep at edge rusher. This year, it's the inverse. And Green Bay will have a wealth of pass rushers to choose from, especially edge guys. And I, I do think they'll look for another interior penetrator. I think Montrevious Adams, I'm not sure why he, what, what his deal is. Would really like to see him after a promising preseason, you know, take a step forward, but we just haven't. And I think I think Green Bay is gonna have to aggressively remake this safety room. There are gonna be options in free agency. Earl Thomas, Landon Collins. I mean, I think there's a good chance the Packers have two different starting safeties in twenty nineteen as they do in twenty eighteen, but Edge Rusher is clearly going to be a focus. You you will recall, however, In New York, the Jets were constantly searching for an edge rusher to put into that system, never found one really, and yet continued to excel because the secondary was good. So if this secondary can improve, if Jair Alexander can stay on the field and Bashad Breeland can come in and give them quality snaps and Kevin King can continue his evolution, he's really good. He is really good. When he's on the field, he can be outstanding. Keep, stay on the field, and this secondary has a chance to be really good. That, and we've seen it, this this coverage has given the opportunities to that front to get after the QB, not the other way around. And that can work. That can continue to work, given the depth and the quality of talent. So we'll see what happens in the offseason, but I do think an edge rusher is, I, I love Ja'Kai Polite from Florida. We'll get into all of those discussions when we need to have them in the offseason, but I'm fine with if you like a guy, if you see someone on Saturdays that you like and you want to ask about him, please feel free to do that because I want to have those discussions. I want Packer fans to get excited. I want you to have draft crushes. Last year, Josh Jackson was that guy for a lot of Packers fans. So it it's fun that he's on the team now because that was the guy that a lot of Packer fans wanted. Let's, let's get some new Packer fan draft crushes. We're in that part of the season where now we know who some of these guys are on defense in, in college football, the clone Farrells and, and Jakai Polites and Nick Boses of the world. So, Let's get that going a little bit because that's going to be a fun thing to talk about when we have a little bit of extra time at various points the rest of the way.
0: This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One-up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old-school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one The comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: All right, that's going to do it for this week with Locked on Packers. Uh, Packers-Rams on Sunday, nationally televised tilt. And I-, I think the Rams win, but I think it's close. 35-34-31, Th- uh, I think. And I think it's a close game all the way. I think it, it probably comes down to the Rams being able to, to score late and-, and not either not save enough time for Green Bay to score or get a stop late or, you know... Or they they win as time expires. Something like that. I think they win, but I think the Packers cover. And I absolutely will not be surprised if Green Bay goes in and takes down the Rams. I have a very good feeling about this week. I've been excited all week. The more I looked at it, the more I thought that Green Bay had a good chance. Not just a chance, a good chance to spring the upset. And this is going to be a rested, healthy team. That's what you need to come in and... They're going to have the extra time to prepare. I think Mike Pettin with some extra time is going to do some interesting things. I think he has a chance to fluster Goff, who, you know, for, for all of the talk last year about the pre-snap stuff with, with McVay, can they do some things to, to get Jared Goff off his game? Can they can he be rattled? He was rattled in the playoffs last year when things weren't rolling downhill. So can they can they get to him a little bit and knock this offense off their rhythm? We'll see. And can this offense for Green Bay right their ship if they can score in the red zone they can absolutely win so we'll see about all of that in the meantime remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Spotify Google Play wherever you get your podcasts like us on Facebook leave a comment on the podcast if you like it if you don't like it whatever it is you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski you can follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on Packers And remember, if you want your question to be read on Locked On Packers, you can always hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920-341-3775 to let us know how you are staying Locked On Packers.